Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you again. No, 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 no. It's not necessary, but um, it's nice to hear. Thank you very much. I am told by numerous people in the political world, the media world, that this voice that you're hearing right now is coming from the one person well, one of two people who was not afraid of Kathy Barnett, who had to call out her uh, obvious uh, gaps, uh, fraud, weirdness. And now she finished in a distant third place in Pennsylvania. It had to be done. At times it wasn't pleasant, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited where we are right now. It looks like Dr. Oz is going to take this thing, all right? He is, he's got a thin lead right now, but it's not that thin, quite frankly. All these absentee ballots, oh, the recount. Is it going to be an official recount or not? We'll have more on that in a little bit. Dr. Raz, I think it's 31 point, how many? He's one half, like 0.2% in front of Dave McCormick. Now, uh, <clears throat> I think uh, I think Oz is the guy. It's great. It's great. Although I'm kind of like, what the hell do we do now? Is it going to be a recount? What happens now? Um fascinating stuff hey donald trump thank you sir thank you very much you know unlike any other president the guy puts his ass on the line even when he's not president anymore most presidents ex-presidents what do they do Hmm, they talk about a presidential library they sign a big fat contract for a memoir they just uh and they lick their wounds jimmy carter george herbert walker bush what do we have from donald trump every weekend he's He's in some town talking up some candidate, whether it's J.D. Vance, whether it's Oz, whether it's, um, I don't know, somebody running for something in somewhere. He was out all the time, and I like that. You know, Richard Nixon said popularity. On the subject of popularity, most popula- uh, pop- politicians accrue it, accumulate it, you know, for their own benefit, just to have it. And Nixon was like, what good is popularity if you can't expend it, if you can't use it, if you can't direct it to get something done? And I think that's remarkable. And that's it is, unfortunately, that that's how life should be in general with these politicians. But it's not. Anyway, Nixon made the unpopular popular and then sold it. And uh, you see a lot of that in Trump as well, although he's taking some ideas that are very popular with the people, not necessarily with the mainstream media. And he goes out there and he sells it and he's not afraid to put his ass on the line because months and months and months I was hearing, oh, Donald Trump is risking a lot. No, Donald Trump's endorsement isn't what it used to be. What's his average at this point? 83 victories and one loss. You know, some some congressman, you know, it's no, he is Donald Trump. It's his party and with good reason. He's the best thing that's ever happened to it, quite frankly. And he's not sitting on the sidelines. He is... He's talking about ideas. He's trying to protect the country. He's trying to look. 
let's forget, let's put make America great again on the table. He's trying to save the country. Joe Biden disgraced himself. He disgraced the presidency yesterday with what he did in in Buffalo. That is uh, talking down America. I'll get to uh, get some more of that in a little bit. Hey, by the way, you know what's a real pain in the neck? Texting. I've decided I can't stand texting, sending text messages on the phone. You know, think about it. If they invented text messaging first, let's say Alexander Graham Bell invented text messaging. And then when was text messaging invented? When did people start doing it? 2005 or something like that? I actually remember where I was when I got my first text message. It was from, I was like, what the hell is this? I had no idea what was going on. It was like an old StarTac phone and my brother had sent me a message. It's in 2004, actually. I remember I was in the Fox News Washington Bureau. I did not did not know what was happening, and I had to write them back on the old keyboard. You know, you had a you know how it is ABC or on number two, that kind of thing. Took a while. So, if we had text messaging first, we would have totally abandoned it once the telephone showed up, right? Where you can hear somebody's voice, where you can hear what they sound like, where you can hear the tonality, where you can hear. You know, whether there's edge or happiness or emotion, I mean, let's face it, it's so much better, right? But no, now calling somebody on the phone is almost considered rude. You got to text them first. Can you talk? Are you free? Can you talk tomorrow at 930? Um, No, we don't pick up the phone anymore. Some people do. You know who does, quite frankly? Uh, Trump. I know he picks up the phone. He's a talker, not a texter. But it's a great big, and you know what happens, miscommunication, misunderstanding. And I know good people, decent people, people I like, who are who would never say something really terrible to your face, but they feel totally fine criticizing you, reducing you, demeaning you via text message. And there it is. like uh, It's like hanging up on somebody when you think about it. How many times have you hung up on somebody in the past year? That's got to be a, you got to be really mad to hang up on somebody. I'm not talking about JetBlue. I'm talking about, you know, somebody in your life. You don't do that, right? But on text message, we do it all the time. And it's really, really bad. There's a word for that, by the way. You know, if we didn't, if we had it first, we would have it. How does it go? Like the busy signal. Remember for a long time we had the busy signal and then we had call waiting? Oh, call waiting. Great. Click over. Talk to somebody. Well, if we didn't have the busy signal, somebody would have come around and invented it. Oh, this is a signal to let me know that the person is on the phone and I'll call back later instead of interrupting their call. Doesn't that make sense? Um, Let's see here. Hey, Joe Biden, by the way, half of his followers are phony on Twitter. Half. Isn't that amazing? Half. And um, no, that's the least of his problems. It's the lying. It's the horrible stuff that uh, does not stop and is falsely calling half the country white supremacists enough with this stuff. Um, But no, no, he's running with it. You know, history is going to have access to all the data. They'll be able to sit down and look at all and say, okay, this is where Joe Biden was lying. (laughs) And uh, they'll figure out that he was doing it every day. Uh, Cut 16, if you don't mind. We need to say as clearly and force as we can that the ideology of white supremacy has no place in America. None. Well, that's fine. I don't disagree with that. Although if you want to be a white supremacist, if you want to be that stupid, you can be. I mean, that's up to you. 
dummy. But what he's doing is going around and saying, and selectively, selective outrage. He's outraged because this maniac, who, by the way, hates everybody. The shooter in Buffalo, he hates conservatives. He hates liberals. Some of the liberals aren't liberal enough. I I hear he's really into the Green New Deal. Maybe we should blame AOC on this uh, rampage. But when he paints with such a broad brush, let's get another better example here. Um, 14, if you don't mind, 14. I hate that through the media and politics, the Internet has radicalized, angry, alienated, lost, and isolated individuals. People are mad and, yes, isolated and lost. Is it the fault of the mainstream media when it comes to this kind of craziness that we saw in Buffalo? Or even conservative media? Or politicians? And let's let's just say start saying names here. They're talking about Tucker Carlson. They're trying to blame this on Tucker. Now, I know Tucker. You know Tucker. I've seen his show. Not often, but I see it. When he talks about folks coming to America and... I don't think he calls it replacement theory. It's not a. It's not replacement theory. Folks here like Tucker, like me, it's not about race. It's about people coming to this country who don't support American values. That's a problem. You can look like whatever you want. You can look like Dinesh D'Souza. You can look like Candace Owens. And by the way, Candace Owens, any of these folks, I, I went. I went through a list about twenty people long. Some of my heroes in the conservative movement, especially since I've been at Newsmax, because I've been able to interview most of these people, and most of them happen to be black. Dr. Ben Carson, um, Sheriff Clark, a new congressman from Florida named Byron Donalds, and yes, Candace Owens. I could see Candace as, as president. What a truth teller and the energy. And she calls it out. Every time they start talking about white supremacy and all this stuff, it's a f- farce. And it's a plot. It's a scheme to fool people of color. And that's what they do. Democrats, she's on to you, cut 24. Bottom line is that white supremacy, racism, nation- white nationalism, words that once held real meaning, have now become nothing more than election strategies. Every four years, the black community has offered handouts and fear. Handouts and fear. Reparations and white nationalism. This is the Democrat preview. She said that in 2019, before the summer of Black Lives Matter. She right or what, huh? <laughs> it's, oh gosh, what a truth teller. Now, it's a little bit different. Usually they reserve this for the political season, just the campaign. And four years later, they try something else. Now they're governing this way, right? Now, every day, this is what it's all about. And now, by the way, if you're a decent person, if you're a normal person in America, of course, you don't support white supremacy. But you're going to have to say so out loud to satisfy the Democrats. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to say something about it out loud so everybody's satisfied. Remember when they try to drive uh, Trump? They try to catch Trump in this stuff? Cut 18. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Are you prepared to to specifically do it? Go ahead. Wait, now Chris Wallace is lying, and he's adopting the far-left Democrat playbook 
Did he say did he say Kenosha, Wisconsin? And did he say Portland? Now the violence that was happening there was being waged by Antifa. Absolutely. It was far left extremism. Look at the siege of the federal courthouse, which I think is still going on in Portland. But that's okay when it's waged by the far left. And every time turned around. Here's uh oh, we're almost done. Well, let me just establish again for the nine millionth time that Donald Trump is against is against white supremacy. Here you go, cut twenty. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Damn right. Nobody will ever be that strong. (laughs) Although you never know. He's inspiring a lot of people, younger people, the next generation. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, CNN. Hold on a second. Hold on. Ooh. Flight data points to deliberate nosedive. Deliberate nosedive. Who remembers that crash in China a couple of months ago? A 737. Remember this? And it was caught on video, the last portion of it. Everybody on the flight was killed. It was from some Chinese city to another Chinese city, a domestic flight. And it nosedived right into the ground. And uh, the Wall Street Journal says it looks like it was deliberately. And you know what? Quite frankly, I'm going to go back and get the tape. Nah, maybe not. I mean, I don't have to brag that I was right, but I did have a feeling. And I did say so that it looked to me like the engines were running, um, that it was flown into the ground because it wasn't falling. It was going faster than like gravity would pull something. Hey, what is the speed of gravity, by the way? Uh, 329 feet per sec. Anyway, it looked like it was just being flown into the ground. And um, like the jets were actually in operation. What the hell could have happened? What's going on in there? You know, we've had a number of cases now where pilots have taken the controls of a jet and deliberately crashed it into the ground. Um, Let me think. In 1999, an Egyptian air pilot in the cockpit of a 757 or a 767 flew it right into the Atlantic Ocean. He had uh, gotten reprimanded at work. He was in a very bad mood. And it was ruled that he crashed the plane on purpose with everybody inside. His co-pilot was like, help me, help me, help me, pull up, pull up, pull up. And this guy was, uh, nope, he wanted to uh, kill himself and uh, took along a couple of hundred people with him. There was another guy, remember the German wings pilot? He was flying, I think, from Germany to somewhere in Spain. And he was having a not only a bad day, a bad year. His girlfriend dumped him. He was a depressed guy. Hey, lots of people have depression. People get depressed. I've been depressed. Uh, but, you know, one one case in a billion, someone's going to do something crazy. So that happened. What's another one? It looks like this Chinese case might be the same thing. Oh, and what about that missing, missing Malaysian air flight? That's very weird. We never figured out what happened there. Although it does look like I've heard from very well-informed people that that may have been another example of a pilot, uh, for whatever reason, dissatisfied with life, decided to uh, 
go on a little adventure on his way out. Unfortunately, tragically, horribly taking so many innocent people with him. Hey, Rufus is on the phone from Tom's River. Hey, Rufus. Hey, Greg, how are you? You've got to be the only Rufus in Tom's River. Let's face it. No way. There, there's a bunch of us. We're uh, multiplying. Patri- all right. What's up? Multiplying. What's up? Hey, hey, when are you going to Truth Social? You, you have this big speech on uh, how great Trump is, and you know we're all following all his endorsements and everything. You got to jump over True Social for us, all right? Uh, you know, yeah, I know. Look, it's a, it's a whole thing. I got that, that, I got to sit down and set up the account and get a new password and stuff like that. You'd be surprised. You know, there's some things I'm really great at doing. I can do really Herculean tasks, and if you tell me to send one email, I'm like totally immobilized from it. Do, do you ever have that? It just there's some no. things I'm good at and some things I just oh I need somebody to help me I don't know where am I going to put the password wait what do I do oh and then the password's got to be complicated and you need a star sign and a dollar sign and uppercase lowercase and you need a number and I'm like forget it I have so many accounts that I have no idea what the hell's going on and things that I wanted to start yeah sooner or later I'll start the Truth Social which I hope is going to be a big thing uh, quite frankly as much as I like those guys I don't know yet. I just don't know yet, but I hope so. Okay, you're doing a great job anyway. All right, Rufus, thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe is in Manhattan. Yes, Joe. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on, Greg. You know, I was on, I've been on before, and I want to talk about Biden talking about having, you know, the scourge of domestic terrorists. And, and he's right. We need to destroy them. But, you know, he had, as part of the, Biden, the Obama administration, the FALN terrorists in prison, and he released them, at least Oscar Lopez. And, um, you know, it just it galls me as someone who was affected by terrorism. Oh, your dad is uh, the guy who died at Francis Tavern, Francis Tavern, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you've been I mean, on a lot. I appreciate you know, that. I know, I know, I know. They let a bunch of terrorists go, and here he is pretending. You know what? You, I got to do that tonight. I'm going to find the footage of that because they did that. They really did that. They let terrorists go. They coddle terrorists. As long as they're from the left, left wing, they don't have much of a problem with them. It's the right wing. They want to hype, distort, uh, blow out of proportion, and that's bad stuff. Joe, anything else going on? I mean, like that, that, I think that's a big deal. We have a documentary movie about it coming out. and When? You know, so it's, uh, well, around July 4th. All right. What's so, the name uh, of the movie? It's called Shattered Lives. Shattered Lives. And, uh, I've, written a, I've written a book about it, and, um, you know, it's a, big, it's a big deal because what happened, if you release terrorists— votes you would do anything and you know my my testimony uh hey listen man i gotta go for a second all right Uh, i gotta go i'm sorry about that buddy shoot i hate this thank you thank you wait shattered lies we're gonna look at it when the hell are we gonna look at it uh july 4th july 4th hey did you get that thing yet from the uh from tom elliott hey listen to this listen to this that fake they say that tucker carlson's all worked up about white replacement theory well, it sounds like Democrats really are worked up. You're going to recognize some some voices on this. Go ahead. It seems harder and harder to ignore that the echoes of replacement theory and other racially motivated views are increasingly coming out into the open. In a few years, we're going to be a majority brown country. White people will not be the majority in the country anymore. This will be the first generation ever in American history uh, in which whites will be a minority of the generation at some point. As of 2007... Every year, babies being born in this country, whites now are the minority. In 2044, 
uh, everyone is going to be a minority. As the demographics change, as white people become the minority in the country, which is coming. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny, right? The country is changing. I've been saying it here. Other people have been saying it here for years now, even before Donald Trump. The demographics is destiny. The white population is declining for the first time in history in America, while the number of multiracial Americans have more than doubled. So we live in a country where the demographics are changing. It's becoming less white. Uh, correct. Okay. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth. The growth in Texas has been almost entirely driven by non-white population growth, mostly by Hispanic and Latino population growth. The idea that, um, you know, whites will, will not be the majority, I mean, that's, it's an exciting transformation of the country. It's an exciting evolution uh, and, you know, progress of our country in many different ways. The white population is declining. It, it was always on the upswing. So that speaks to the beautiful diversity of America. It speaks to um, uh, how the, that population, will, the demographics, will weigh in politically. I believe anybody who echoes a replacement is to blame, not for this particular crime, but it's, it's for no purpose, no purpose, except profit and or political benefit. And it's wrong. It's just simply wrong. More when we come back. I got to uh, shoot. There's the music. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, we're back on the radio. Pardon me. One other swamp guy we got to look out for. Nah, do I really care? Hey, you know who you never hear about anymore is uh, Eric Adams, right? Uh, I think, is he hungover? Does he drink? Is he a drinking man? I know he likes to party. You don't see much of him during the day. I was talking about this. You know, he lost a lot of weight at the age of like 56. So he can't believe how slim and trim he is. You know, every time he can't stop looking at himself in the mirror. He is a narcissist. He really is. And he has this an amazing, an amazing opportunity. He does. He's got a city, a city government, you know, so much to do. But he doesn't know anything. He doesn't have much interest. He's gotten this far with a smile and a stylish necktie. That's all he's got. Why start breaking a sweat now? And even if he did, to what end? What's he going to implement? He does not know how to implement. He doesn't know anything. And that's why he makes a big spectacle about, you know, if you see somebody, a cop, uh, looking at their cell phone, call me and I'll go get them. Right. This is what we want out of professional. uh, This is what we want out of people, chief executive officers in charge of 300,000 people. Right. Uh, A hall monitor. Hmm? Maybe we can arrange a job for him at PS uh, 141. He can be... I don't know. What do you call those people who stand, sit in the classroom after school for detention? What do you call them? Hall monitors. Deans of discipline. No, he can't be a dean. Can't be an assistant principal either. 
a substitute teacher. He could be a substitute teacher and do things like that. Um, in the meantime, things are, um, well, I will say this. It has nothing to do with Eric Adams. I am noticing that more people are coming back in a big way to New York City. It has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with us. Hey, were you up? Did you see Dr. Raz? We're not quite there yet. Uh, I'm really pulling for him. Thank goodness Kathy Barnett is out of the picture. Here's Dr. Raz uh, thanking Donald Trump last night, I believe, cut 48. And I want to thank some other individuals who are in actually unbelievably close friends, made a big difference in my life, are always there at every moment. Let's start with 45, President Trump. President Trump, after he endorsed me, continued to lead into this race in Pennsylvania. He knows all the subtleties of it. He was willing to participate with Teletown Halls, which he advised that I do. It was a brilliant idea. Uh, he participated in a, in a massive rally uh, out in Westmoreland County. And God bless you, sir, for putting so much effort into this race. I will make you proud. Nice job. Nice job. Hey, is Joe Biden... Uh... What's going on with him and Tucker Carlson? Cut 50, please. Do you believe uh, certain members of Congress, the Republican Party, as well as Tucker Carlson, who have echoed the replacement theory, deserve some blame for violent acts? I believe anybody who echoes the replacement is to blame, not for this particular crime, but it's, it's for no purpose, no purpose, except profit and or political benefit. And it's wrong. It's just simply wrong. Tucker Carlson should sue Joe Biden, sue his ass off, trying to say that he he's engaging in this white replacement theory. You know, if you're for strong borders, if you're for having a country, it has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with American values, which still exist, by the way, even though they're trying to erase them and pretend they don't exist. Um, oh, man, politics. Politics is so... It'll break your heart. It'll break your heart. Dennis is in New Jersey. Yeah, what's up? Hey, Greg. Just what you're talking about with Tucker Carlson. Bo Deal was saying the other day the FBI said there are 21,000 murders. 14 of the 21,000 were committed, or approximately that number, by blacks. So just what you were talking about with Tucker Carlson, they're saying, you know, people like yourself, conservatives, they are the ones that are responsible because people watch them. Do you think these 14,000 blacks that murdered other blacks, those 14,000 were listening or watching you and Tucker Carlson? The crap that comes out of this guy's mouth, it's somebody should call him out for the liar that he is. He's a disgrace to this country. Yeah, well, we're calling him out all the time, and he is a disgrace to the country. And here's your proof. The solemn promise he made America. Hmm. Cut 29, please. Wait, no, not that, not that one, not that one. Where is the one where he says, I am going to unify this country? He said that. He said that. He said, all my soul is in this. I will unify this country. And that we're in danger. Do we have that here? I think you guys may have cut it off. But what does he do? He just badmouths us. Badmouths us all the not all the time. Cut 29. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. 
And we won't ignore what our intelligence agencies have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. We're confronting the stains of what remains the deep stain on the soul of the nation. Hate and white supremacy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does that make you feel good? Does that somehow make you feel good about talking us down? Hmm? You know, this kid, by the way, was motivated apparently by or started going down a horrible path during COVID. He even wrote that in his stupid manifesto that he was bored and COVID happened and he had to pass the time. So he started finding all these weird underground websites. COVID. His family is saying COVID is really what started it. Number one, the kid was paranoid about catching COVID. I don't know why he's 17 years old. You're going to be fine. You're going to survive it. But he was so paranoid. Where could he have gotten that idea to be so paranoid about COVID, right? And you know who understood this more than anybody? Who really understood and saw the danger that it posed to people? Yep. Mr. Empathy himself, actually. And I say that with sincerity and earnestness. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Cut 26, please. Thank you, Mr. President. You've also said that at, at one point that you thought more people might die from the economic tragedies and the economic problems in America due to the coronavirus outbreak. What health officials are telling you that? And Dr. Fauci, could you speak to that, the idea that there might be mental health and suicide related to this? Would that outpace at some point the virus's impact on the society? Well, Thank I you. could ask Dr. Fauci to come up, but it's common sense. You're going to have massive depression, meaning mental depression. You're going to have depression in the economy also. But you're going to have mental depression for people. You're going to have large numbers of suicides. One day they have nothing. They've gotten wiped out one day from our enemy, this invisible, horrible scourge. So when you ask me that, it's it's so easy to figure that. I mean, massive drug use. Massive depression, mental depression, massive numbers of suicide, uh, anxiety causes, you know, disease, they say. He got it. He got it ahead of time before anybody else. And I don't know if you pick this up. I'm just going to play the first four seconds. That reporter who stands up, I remember when this happened because he had already warned people about the dangers of staying home, the dangers of social isolation. And he, she stands up like, well, what evidence do you have for that? Has anybody told you that? Has a doctor told you that? Hey, guess what? He's the leader of the country. He's going to know things. He's going to sense things. He doesn't have to be presented a report for everything. This is what the actual founding fathers had in mind, by the way, okay? A leader. And um, the president is imbued with all kinds of powers. You can look it up. Article 2, I think it is. And he has tremendous discretion. He doesn't have to be handed a report from the swamp to say something. Listen to this. She's very skeptical. All right. Her name is Yamish. Yamish Alcinder. And we all pretend that she's the best reporter that ever lived. But she is a biased, uh, very poor storyteller and a Trump hating hack. Yamish. 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 Can we hear what Yamish had to say in the beginning of that, please? Yamish. Thank you, Mr. President. You've also said that at, at one point that you thought more people might die from the economic tragedies and the economic problems in America due to the coronavirus outbreak. What health officials are telling you that? And Dr. Fauci, could you speak to that, the idea that there might be mental health and suicide related to this? Would that outpace at some point the virus's impact on this society? Well, Thank all right, there you go. You see, 
Where? What evidence do you have for that? Where? Where? Who? Are you? They never gave him credit. Number one, for his own observations, for his own knowledge, for his own intuition. And they always gave the swamp too much credit. Oh, is it in a report? Is it in a report? Can we cite it? Is there something there? I thought. And by the way, you can get a report to say whatever the hell you want it to say. All right. What a great big scam. Tell me, tell me how you're feeling. I'm feeling a little bit weird at the moment. I am. I possibly got a little bit too uh, involved in in politics, to be honest. You know, you. I don't know. I mean, really, what the hell do I care who wins or loses? I mean, I care for our country, but you can you can go all in sometimes, and sometimes you can uh, get carried away. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Hey, Mike. What's up? You're in New Jersey. Hey, what's going on, Greg? Uh, I just wanted to talk uh, about Tesla actually getting kicked off the S and P 500 today. They they said it was for discrimination purposes. I mean, it sounds like uh, exactly what Putin did to Ukraine. Uh, we have to get rid of the Nazis. We're going to invade. I mean, they're just attacking their political opponents. It's it's disgusting. I agree. I didn't know anything about Tesla getting caught, kicked off the S and P tonight. Yeah, you could you could Google it. It happened about three hours ago or so. They reported it. And what's I mean, Elon Musk saying about it? Elon Musk, by the way, we love this guy. And maybe they're coming after Elon Musk because he's given Trump, uh, he's given Biden a hard time. He he is. And let's see here. Do we? Yeah, here we go. This is Elon Musk telling a conference call of techies that the the, the teleprompter is really running the show. Cut thirty nine. The real president is whoever controls the teleprompter. You know. It's like it's like the, the, the path to power is the path to the teleprompter, you know, like what because what, that then he just reads the teleprompter. So, you know, I, I do feel like, like if, if somebody would accidentally lean on the lean on the teleprompter, it's going to be like Anchorman. It's going to be like QQQ ASDF one, two, three, you know, type of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk, the one and only. We'll check that out. Yeah. Off of. Uh, is that why? Is that why? And that he's a conservative and that he's essentially a free speech absolutist, although he isn't, actually. He he hedges on that. But he's a hell of a lot better than anybody else out there. Um, hey, don't forget, we have a what's her, what's her status again? A lesbian, gay, immigrant, midget, uh, something or other. Karine Jean-Pierre is just so happy that she is who she is. I guess uh, that's fine, but you don't have to go telling the world about it on your first day at the at the job. Let me see here. Karine Jean-Pierre, the new White House press secretary, virtue signaling her ass off. Cut 37. I am obviously acutely aware uh, that my presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. Stop. I would not. (laughs) She is a black gay immigrant woman. Now, I think we've had a black press secretary, actually, under George Herbert Walker Bush. We've had plenty of women. Dee Dee Myers was under Bill Clinton. We had, what, what, what am I talking about? You replaced a woman. Uh, we, had, uh, we had Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We've had lots of women in that job. Black? I don't know if there's been a black man, actually. It's, for all the wokeness out of the, uh, the left, you'll see an underrepresentation of black men in the Biden White House. You'll also see an underrepresentation of black men 
in the White House press corps. Now, listen, I don't care. But you guys do. It's all you want to talk about. It's all you guys talk about and think about. But you're really just triangulating, okay? Uh, you, you don't fool me. You're just about a power. You're not about helping anybody except yourselves. Now, what's her special status again? Let me hear that one more time. Cut 37. I am obviously acutely aware uh, that my presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. All right, shut up. I would not. Um, this is not the first time she's gone around bragging about it. She's at the White House podium. This is a big deal job. It's her very first day. And the very first thing she says is, I'm a black gay immigrant woman. That's part of her shtick. And it's not for the audience. It's for whoever it is she wants to impress. And we talked about this yesterday. I don't know if it's potential dates, if it's potential uh, book publishers, if it's potential, uh, I don't know, maybe white men in the office. Like, don't mess with me. I'm a white gay immigrant woman. But this is what she does. And, ooh, she also loves other cards. Well, she loves the race card. She loves the woman card. And she loves the victim card. Listen to this. This is amazing. She publishes a book, a phony baloney book that no one's going to read. And then she makes, you know, you can't just have a book. you got to make a video for a book. You do. And she's walking around Washington, D.C. and loitering outside the White House. And she says this, cut 38. The man who is now sitting in the building I used to work in hates everything that I am. A black gay immigrant woman. 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 Now, I've seen Donald Trump with a million um, black women. I've seen him around a lot of gay people. I've seen him around a lot of immigrants. Now, she's right. Have I ever seen Donald Trump around somebody who embodies all three? Black, gay, immigrant, woman. Four. Black, gay, immigrant, woman. That's four, right? Yeah. I'm hot on the case. The closest I've come is Naomi Campbell. I got a picture of them canoodling, actually. (laughs) And uh, uh, Naomi Campbell is black. She's a woman. I think she's from um, the U.K. And I don't want to guess about her sexuality, but I've heard things, okay? So I think that may or may not count. Uh, All right. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I got to hear that one more time. A black gay immigrant woman. Donald Trump hates everything that I am. He doesn't know who you are, toots. A black gay immigrant woman. Woman. Can I hear that one more time? A woman. The man who is now sitting in the building I used to work in. I used to work in. Hates everything that I am. Uh, A black gay immigrant woman. Woman. You know, that music sounds really inspiring. I think it comes with the computer. You can just, uh, (laughs) inspirational, sad, you can just press a button on it. It, it, I think you can actually download these things. Not even download them. They come with the the telephone. Ay, ay, ay. People are a mess. People are a mess. They really are. And most of them will let you down at some point. Oh, boy. Never put your eggs in the basket of a person. All right? I mean, they're supposed to fail. Don't ever put your eggs in my basket either. The only one who won't fail you is God. He knows exactly what you need, when you need it, 
He just wants to have a relationship with you and me. And uh, the way to do that is through the Bible. And I too often, by the way, you know what? Like everybody else, get caught up. Caught up in the stupidity. Caught up in this, that, and the other thing. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's always an excuse. Things are going great. Things are going crummy. I'm bored. I'm happy. I'm this. I'm that. Always an excuse to put yourself first. Yet the creator of the universe is just standing by, waiting, waiting to have a talk with you. But too many of us just, uh, and you know what? I'm not pointing any fingers, all right? I'm talking to me, most importantly. And maybe you, Juan in New York, just says New York. New York's a big place. Where are you, Juan? Yeah, I'm in Staten Island, and I spoke to you on Friday about this Pennsylvania election. Oh, boy. And I told you, you told me to call back, and I told you no, that did I? Dave McCormick. You're giving me the You cr- said I should what? call back after the election. And what's the deal? No problem. All right, what's up? Problem. I'm just, okay, I told you that Dave McCormick is going to win because. Well, you're wrong. He didn't win. And, well, he was very close. Yeah, very close, but so he doesn't close. have enough. The point is... Let this guy speak. Don't turn the volume down, all right? What? What's the point? Okay. The point is that if Dr. Oz would not have gone after Kathy Burnett, he would have certainly won. You don't know that. You don't know that. I do because it was so close and he... Hey, Dr. Oz, hold... I mean, uh, Juan, Juan, listen, great. You're you're a political genius and we all should listen to you. I mean... You know what? This is this is this is a an art, not a. Hey, Juan, you want to shut up for a second? This is an art, not a science. Okay, it is, and you don't know that. All right, and I personally, maybe I shouldn't be in politics because if Kathy Barnett, you think you're gonna you're gonna spend millions and millions and go through all that trouble, and just chance it, just chance it. Well, we're not going to attack Kathy Barnett because. Now, why wouldn't you forget about the? Why wouldn't you call Kathy Barnett out on her? Uh, let's see, the 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 holes in her resume, and her yeah, dozens of examples of dishonesty, and quite frankly, the fact that she doesn't have a job. You spent the last two years you of your life. You, hold on, hold on. You want to win? So explain to me how this all backfired, which it hasn't yet, by the okay. way, because Dr. Oz is in the lead right okay. now. He could be in the lead, but how did this backfire? It's because in the polls, it was Dr. Oz, Kathy Burnett, and Dave McCormick. Now, once people started hearing because of Dr. Oz about Kathy Burnett's bad past, they said, I'm not going to vote for Kathy Barnett, a lot of them, and they're people that weren't looking to vote for the Trump endorsement, so they went and voted for Dave McCormick. I've heard this theory. I've heard this theory. I've heard you, you guys, you speak with this authority that you don't have and you don't know and we don't know yet. We don't. And by the way, if the brakes were not have put on Kathy Barnett, and you got to look at it, Dr. Oz was not speaking smack about Kathy Barnett. He wasn't. I was. So you, your beef may be with me. But I, but, but I, you know, wait, Kathy Barnett could have won this thing. She could have won this thing. Juan, listen, when you're not covering politics and analyzing things, what do you do? Okay, uh, I... I do a bunch of different things. I know, but what? I mean, you sound like such an expert in this stuff. I mean, what do you do? I, I, you know, dibble here and then. And all right, I'm not well, a pro, you know, you got an opinion. Well, you're not a pro. You're not a pro. Neither am I, by the way. And I'll tell you what: the pros are often wrong. This is an art, not a science. Hey, your guess. I'll tell you this is as good as mine. And by the way, the thought crossed my mind. Geez, were we too hard on Kathy Barnett? I don't know. You may be right, but um, you may be wrong. I think you are wrong, but 
Who knows? Who knows? And we'll see. We don't have an official winner yet. Juan, you got interesting stuff to say. I encourage you to call back. And there's the music, and that's it for me. Oh, for this hour. Although, you know what? I have a horrible headache. I am thinking about wrapping it up. I'm going to take a big tablet of, what do we have? Bufferin? Excedrin? Do we have anything like that? Could somebody get me a Bufferin? All right, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oops, uh, sorry about that. So sorry. Hey, Bill de Blasio is back. He wants to be a member of Congress. He's running for Congress. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, Bill de Blasio, worst mayor in the history of the planet, uh, wants to take his talents down to Washington, D.C. And let's see about this. Uh, Where the hell is the 10th district? Anybody know where that is? Our neighborhoods need help as we recover from COVID. Our nation needs help as democracy is threatened and working people struggle. I am ready to serve to continue the fight against inequality. Okay. I am forming an exploratory committee for uh, the new New York 10th Congressional District. Join me. And, of course, there's a great big link that says donate. (laughs) Donate. Oh, gosh. I could never do it in politics. I don't think I ever could. Donate. Give me money. Oh, gosh. No. No, I can't do it. Horrible system. Horrible way of life. Donate. Our neighbor doesn't he ever get tired of this crap? Our neighborhoods need help as we recover from COVID. Our na- what can you possibly do to help any of these things? And oh, by the way, guess what the picture is? It's Bill de Blasio hugging a four-year-old. Not his four-year-old, some stranger's four-year-old. Well, let's see. I find this absolutely offensive. We all know he's the worst mayor in the history of mayors. So I uh, I just put this up on Twitter. At Greg Kelly USA, if you want to check it out or check me out. Bill de Blasio wants to be a congressman. Give it up, Wilhelm. His real name, by the way. Warren de Wilhelm. Or Wilhelm de Warren, something like that. Your lies about police and community helped rip this country apart. And that goes for your equally silly partner or whatever arrangement you have. Get lost. And where the hell is the money? Now, that may sound kind of brutal. And, Greg, why are you bringing in his wife? Well, I am bringing in his wife. I am bringing in Sherlane McRae. And I want to know about all that money she got and where it went, Thrive NYC. And I also want to know about the arrangement between them, quite frankly. Looks like a very phony baloney thingamajig. Now, let's go back. It's 1990. David Dinkins is mayor. He's a hack. De Blasio is some tall guy in the office. And you know what he's doing? According to himself and according to Sherlane, sexually harassing Sherlane McRae. <laughs> he was sexually harassing her. She's like, he's like, I want to go on a date with you. She's like, I'm a lesbian. He's like, I want to go out on a date with you. He's kissing her. He's grabbing her. He's doing stuff. He's following her around the office. She's like, back off. I'm a lesbian. I want to go out on the date with you. What's that all about? And by the way, I don't think it's about the way that some guys are about when it comes to that topic, if you know what I mean. I mean, she wasn't dabbling. She was full-on lesbian. And that's fine. It's her choice. 
Her choice wasn't Bill de Blasio. But somehow, it's all fishy. Very fit. Everything about them. And he did. He lied about police and community. He came in, and the way the city works now, the way the world works, you just got to lie to the right people. And how do you get yourself elected these days? You will lie to a little small cross-section of the country or city or borough or whatever it takes. You just convince enough nincompoops who agree with you. And by the way, there's no standards anymore. It's not like, you know, I love Chuck Scarborough and I love those guys, but they don't have that. No, we don't have the audience. They don't have the audience that they used to. So nobody can just call. Remember, what was his name? Pressman. Gabe Pressman. Remember um, Howard Seifman. These were big-time journalists. And you couldn't fool these guys. And they wrote columns that everybody read. And Chuck Scarborough, by the way, is a, he's a bit of a hero of mine. I love this guy. And everybody used to watch, but now we're all watching in a million different directions. Hey, look, that's that's the world. That's technology. But we're all going in a million different directions. And there isn't one standard anymore. So you can go around going to weirdo Democrat clubs where they're all activists and nutjob cop haters and say that the police are racist and you can get them all to agree with you. And you can get them to vote for you. But it doesn't represent reality. You know what does represent reality for the most part? Professionally done polls. Polls. They still work. Both sides use them. You know, they do. And they figure out what people are really thinking because, you know, they're going to have to invest money in these campaigns and they're going to, you know, they want to know what's on people's minds. And as Bill de Blasio is running all over the city saying that the police department is racist back in 2013, you know what people were really saying? What people were really believing? That the NYPD was great. 75% approval rating. 75%? Can you imagine a candidate getting 75% of the vote? Hey, by the way, Ray Kelly ran the New York City Police Department for a dozen years. He was the most popular guy in the city. Among black people, among Hispanic people, among white people. You don't get to be the top cop for 12 years and be that popular if you're not doing a great job and people believe it. But you can create your own reality. And de Blasio ran around telling a small number of people that, no, it was all corrupt and weird. And he got a lot of people to go along with him. I'm talking people who know better, but they wanted power. I'm talking about that freak, that power-hungry, status-craving freak. Bratton. Bill Bratton. Yeah, him. Possibly the worst moment in law enforcement history. When that guy put his whatever credibility he has on the line. You know, on paper, he looks like he's the law enforcement real deal. And he stands there at one police plaza right next to Bill de Blasio, and he holds up a bag of pot the size of, let's see, I would say a lunch-sized serving of Fritos. You know about those bags? That's how much pot you could carry around in New York City and not get arrested. Everything started to change from that moment on. Everything changed. And you know what happened truly after that? That community of chaos that they helped create? A madman drove up to New York to kill cops. And he did. And nobody talks about it. And nobody seems to care about it anymore. And nobody can even remember it. Wen Jin Liu and Rafael Ramos shot because of a fake news 
narrative propelled by Bratton and de Blasio that cops were broken and needed fixing. This is what they did. First, they lied about the NYPD and said it was broken. Then they pretended to fix what wasn't actually broken. And then they managed to actually break it. Thanks a lot, fellas. Thanks a lot. You know, some of us want to raise our families here. I know de Blasio is an empty nester now, right? Where's Dante? Where's Kayara? Did she finish her time in jail? Hey, whatever happened to the cop who leaked her photo, by the way? Since when is it a state crime to report that the mayor of the, the, the daughter of the mayor was arrested? They're damn near going to send Ed Mullins to jail for that. They're going to send him to jail. Vic in Pennsylvania, hi. Hi, Greg. A couple of points. First thing, uh, I was reading this book, Pope uh, John Paul the Great by Peggy Noonan. Uh, Why are you reading that? Oh, wait, John Paul II? Yeah. Yeah, the Pope. Oh, he's our favorite Pope. All right, what about him? Okay. Uh, Peggy Noonan on page 78 stated the second time the Pope came, she had a friend of hers who flew in from California. Her friend came late. They had to be in by a certain time. She was on the line with her friend and four other people that had tickets that the doors had closed. And your dad, the great guy that he is, the godsend, came over and escorted them in. And she says that was a godsend. Hmm. This so, book, is this book you, new? No, it's been around. John you know, it's Paul, funny. Uh, it's amazing. I've never heard this story before, and it's in a book, and it's interesting. It's like what I say. People don't read books. I'm glad you read it, Vic, because so many people don't read these books. I was once in a book. I didn't even know it. I think being in the book is kind of a big deal. What's the name of the book again? I want to get this. John Paul the Great by Peggy Noonan. I like Peggy Noonan. She's one hell of a writer, although she's not yeah. into Trump. She doesn't like Trump. Nobody's perfect. Um, you yeah. know, but I don't know if true but she did, no 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 uh, she's a big trump hater but i still like peggy noonan oh, very very uh, very talented writer oh, and of course she helped yeah. ronald reagan write those great speeches and i think george hw bush too uh all right i'm gonna check that out what else man uh the other thing i wanted to say is you know that uh, uh jean pierre she's black uh gay an immigrant and uh, you can also add that she's uh, a racist so that's the one part that they do leave out. You know I mean? <laughs> you're 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 right. She should have put that part in too. She is very much. Uh, you know, I don't want to be the other side. I don't want to be like the other side. Whenever like she's going around calling everybody a racist, she calls Trump a racist. Everybody's a racist. Oh yeah, and actually, let me see. Do I have that? What she says about the angry white men? Angry white men. You're right. That's damn near racist. That sounded very racist to me. So you're right. Not only is she a Hey, I think you're leaving out the woman part. Remember, she's a woman. I'm every woman. Where is that part? Cut 38, please. The man who is now sitting in the building I used to work in hates everything that I am. A black gay immigrant woman. Woman? A black gay immigrant racist woman. That's better, Vic, right? Thank you, buddy. Hey, real quick, uh, Pennsylvania, you're on the ground there. Looks like Oz yeah. is going to bring it home, right? 
I believe so. But also, uh, you know, she stated, Barnett, that she wouldn't support either one of the uh, uh, Oz or the other. Yeah, uh, she's a crackpot. That's why we don't like her. One of the many reasons why we don't like her. Crackpot in it for herself. Bad, bad candidate. Bad writer of books. Bad liar. Bad speller, by the way. Just a terrible all-round individual, although I love her deep down, but I don't like her one bit, not one bit. Boy, she did terribly last night. That, but I'll, I'll tell you what, though, I think I helped stop her because she was catching on like wildfire. People were afraid, quite frankly, because of the things that you mentioned. You know, uh, ooh, uh, or Karine Jean-Pierre, black uh, woman, uh, you can't say anything. Since when? Since when? You're running for the United States Senate. You've got a controversial background. You've got no background. You've got no job. And you think I'm going to sit here and not say anything because you're... What? What is it again that's so special? It's not special. And she, however, I'm already forgetting her name, Barrett, Barnett, Barnett, she was pretty good at playing the race card. Vic, did you notice that I was kind of on the warpath about her? Uh, You know what? You and I sing out of the same hymn book. You know, I read the Bible every day, and I have the similar sentiments to you. It's gotten so you're the only person I'll listen to. You know, I shut off all media and everything. I even, uh, I ended my uh, stay at uh, at Twitter yesterday. But you know what? I, uh, thank God for you. That's all I could say. Hey, I thank you, Vic. Wow, I love it. I love it. And um, I mentioned, though, I, 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 I want to start reading again. I got caught up like people can get caught up for the past couple of weeks. So uh, tomorrow, it's a new day. And then... And there's always another chance. Thank you, Vic. And I will return in, uh, how long is this break going to be? Three minutes. Can I go to McDonald's in three minutes? You can try. All right. I'll, I'll see what I can. All right. Bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I didn't know this. I am going to read a fake news article. I know it's fake news, but uh, sometimes there's a... Let's see here. And I did not know this. Uh, A couple of minutes ago. Former President Donald Trump on Wednesday said Mehmet Oz should declare victory over opponent Dave McCormick in the too-close-to-call Pennsylvania GOP battle for Senate nomination, uh, reprising his blah, blah, blah. Then they take a shot at Trump. Here's the quote from Truth Social from Trump. Dr. Oz should declare victory. It makes it much harder for them to cheat with ballots that they just happen to find, Trump said on Truth Social, the social media platform that he helped found. Huh, maybe he should. He's in the lead. What the hell? What the hell? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You can make a provisional statement like, if the lead holds, I'm going to win. Something along those lines. Uh, At this point, I am the senator-elect. We'll see what... yeah, Yeah. Trump's call for Oz to declare victory? Good for him. That's all right. But look, that's Oz's call. And it's a tough one. There might be uh, implications. I don't know. But I don't know. Anybody ever see the movie uh, Kramer versus Kramer? Oh, what a great movie. Could be something available at Norman Craig and Kummel, but I don't know. Mm. Something in the art department. You have to go back on the boards. I'm sure you'll be happier if you wait until the first of the year. It's just such a masterpiece of a movie. A masterpiece of a movie. I love it. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, uh, by the way, Trump is the man in the Republican Party. He is the guy. Most ex-presidents, they call it a day. They call it a career. Jimmy Carter at the age of, he wasn't that old. He was 56 years old. Beaten bad. He went crying back home to Macon, Georgia. Was it Macon, Georgia? No, Plains. Plains, Georgia. And, uh, you know, whatever he did after that. Created the Carter Center, which is basically just a, what is it? It's just an influence peddling firm where he runs around uh, trying to screw up third world countries' elections. Uh, what else? Uh, George H.W. Bush. What the hell did he do? Not much. He advised George W. Bush. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for that one. It's amazing, by the way. If Ronald Reagan did not pick George H.W. Bush to be his vice president, and those decisions, by the way, are made like that. It's not like they, 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 especially back then, they didn't have like these committees and these formal outfits where they vetted everything to the, no. They just had a couple of guys like, okay, who sounds good to you? (laughs) They did it in a hotel room. George H.W. Bush was not the first pick of Ronald Reagan. I know some of you guys know this already. I he there were some other names he was intrigued by, but one of them was Gerald Ford. Yes, the former president of the United States. But Gerald Ford, who wasn't really all that smart, I think we can say it now. What did they say? What was the word on Gerald Ford? He played a little bit too much football without a helmet. Uh, George, uh, 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 he goes on TV because they're talking to him about being the vice president. And and Gerald Ford says, well, I see this as being a co-presidency, and I would be in charge of the National Security Council, and I would be in charge of foreign policy, and I would be in charge of the Council of Economic Advisors. And I think who was watching that at the time? It might have been Reagan himself who said, nah, we won't be doing that. Get me some lackey. Well, George H.W. Bush is available, and I know George H.W. Bush is a great guy, did amazing things, and one hell of a life. For George H.W. Bush, for the most part. And for the country, you know, he was a kick-ass fighter pilot in World War II. But after that, eh, just a swamp guy, really. Just an establishment guy. In it for the game, in it for the power, not in it for the people. And that's how most of them operate. So George H.W. Bush becomes the vice president of the United States because he's, uh, well, you know, he's a wimp. I mean, he's not really a wimp, but he's kind of wimpy. And if that had not happened, that almost casual phone call had not been made, would George W. Bush have become governor later? Would he have done anything? I, I don't think so. I really don't. It's fascinating how history works. At that point in 1980, George W. Bush had done one thing in politics, lost when he ran for Congress. That's it. It's kind of interesting, by the way. A lot of folks run for Congress and lose first time out. But then they go on. (laughs) It's just amazing. You know, if George W. Bush had won, what would he have become? I don't know. Probably not president. Three of our last five presidents lost their first run for office. They all wanted to be congressmen, but they lost. And they could never become congressmen. You know who did it first? Bill Clinton ran for the Congress in 1974. Lost. 
who was next? Uh, well, George W. Bush ran for Congress in 1978, lost. And that was their first time trying for public office. And then there was uh, George W. No, wait, I already said George W. Bush. Who was the other one? Oh, yeah, Barack Obama. Barack Obama runs for Congress in the year 2000, loses, and the rest is history. So you have three guys, Obama, Clinton, and Bush. In a row, by the way, Clinton. They all wanted to be members of Congress. That was their, for the two, it was the first try. For Obama, he was already a state senator, and they lose. And if it wasn't for that loss, I was talking about God before, how he's really in control, and he knows everything, and he knows what's going to happen. And and it's not, it's just, it's it's inc- it's un fathomable how complex it is how rich it is how but it all works out it all sinks together uh hey what does leah want to say about the egyptian pilot who crashed in the ocean leah first of all i want to thank you very much uh for keeping the memory of ashley babbitt alive you bet Hey right. Leah, do me a favor. Yeah. There's the music. I gotta find out what you meet. What you what you're thinking about this airplane? Stay around. Um, a lot of planes have been crashing lately with the pilots doing it on purpose. And I'm not talking about 9/11. Of course, they, that did happen there. Well, it was hijackers. But we got people crashing planes on purpose. Be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, what the hell? I'm more powerful than any of these jerks. Mediaite, the Hollywood Reporter's most powerful people in media, returns to New York after three years. A bunch of chumps, the same fake news chumps. I wouldn't go to this thing even if they put me at the top of the list. But I'll tell you what, I'm throwing some serious weight around and I'm not fooling around. Wow. They just love it. They just love it. Looking at themselves in the mirror. Not one of these guys. Not one of these guys. They don't know how to. No. No, 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 no. And that's fine. That's fine. I can take it. I don't care. Oh, it would have been very awkward if I had gone to this thing anyway. Especially if I ran into Sonny Hostin. Now, who the hell is that? Well, she's on The View. She's the most. Now, there are a lot of ignorant people on The View, but she might be the most ignorant and the most racist of them all. I mean, ooh, ooh, ooh. All right, Leah, I'm sorry. You were about to say something. Thank you for your kind words. The Egyptian airliner was crashed into the Atlantic Ocean back in 1999, we believe, by the pilot himself. He was down in the dumps about something. I don't know. He was in trouble with his boss. He had issues with his girlfriend, so he decided to crash a plane, a great big, giant 767 jumbo jet, right into the Atlantic Ocean, not too long after taking off from Kennedy Airport, about an hour or so later. What do you want to say about that, Leah? Uh, first of all, uh, he's considered a shaheed, a martyr, by the Muslim Brotherhood. He was handpicked for that flight for the simple reason that uh, there were several passengers on board that opposed uh, government officials who were opposed to the overtake uh, takeover by the Muslim Brotherhood. How do you know all this stuff? I know. Well, that sounds very, uh, <laughs> I mean, no, look, uh, I'm not disputing you, I but I mean, con- some of this. Excuse st- me. Excuse me. Wait, hey, Leah, Le- Le- Leah, that's fine. Then um, when I ask you, how do you know? Just tell me. You've heard it's from people. What? 
The Mossad? Hey, uh, not for nothing, but I don't think the Mossad wants you calling in to talk radio, telling you, telling all the secrets, but that's okay. Uh, uh, well, that's interesting. I don't, uh, I, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm listening. I'm open-minded. Um, we don't know the whole story. I'll tell you about that. And the Muslim Brotherhood, yeah, that's a bad brotherhood, by the way. Muslims are fine, but the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, they're tantamount to a terror group. Is that the same group that, by the way, killed Anwar Sadat? I think it might be. Remember when Anwar Sadat was gunned down at that big uh, stadium in Cairo? Horrible, horrible. He was a guy who was all about peace, right? He and uh, Menachem Begin, remember that? Camp David and all that stuff? Rob is calling from, where are you, Rob? I'm here in North Haven, Connecticut. Okay, what can I do for you? couple of points. Uh, (laughs) When you were listening to the uh, new press secretaries uh, uh, talking, you said, shut up. (laughs) And I was shocked that you used that old-fashioned phrase. Well, it it, it works sometimes. You got a problem with it? You got beef with it? No, no, no. I just, uh, I I like your Christian, and uh, I just, I enjoyed that. Well, wait a second. I I know, every now and then I get somebody, and I'm not saying you're doing it, Rob, but they're like, well, you speak about the Bible, and I hear you say shut up and stuff like that. You know what? I'm sorry. We're Christian. No, I, they sometimes, I, I Rob, Rob, this is not you. This is not on you. I want to make it to another a person made this point to me the other day, and they're like, well, I don't understand how you can be, you know, sometimes you're insulting. Yes, do not use, do not try to box me in because of my faith that somehow we're supposed to be off in the corner, and you're just saying, you're you know, harmless things. Oh, hello. It. Right. Okay. You've got to be real. All right, what's up? About- all right, Philadelphia, uh, according to Mark Levin, is a corrupt uh, city with voting. And Nancy Pelosi passed, forced H.R. 1 to be passed in the Congress, not the Senate, which um, does not require photo ID. Every Democrat congressperson voted for that. To me, that's immoral, amoral, whatever the word is. They know that photo ID is a normal uh, piece of identification. Yeah. And uh, that outraged me, and I just wanted your thoughts on that. Look, I'm for voter ID. Everybody's for voter ID. Black, white, red, brown people are for voter ID. It makes sense. Um, it's, it's, it's not a racist issue. It just makes total sense. You need a photo ID to do anything in America. To get into this building, you need photo ID. To go to the nightclub, I had to show some guy my photo ID. You got to have photo ID to get onto an airplane except to vote. Now, why would they be opposed to that, right? We know why. They're up to it. They're up to cheating. They want to cheat. Thank you, Rob. Great points. Great points as usual. Call back more often. Oh, boy. What does Hakeem Jeffries want? That's a real dullard right there. He's dumb, but not Nancy Pelosi dumb. And he's pretty savvy about some, some things. Pretty savvy about some things. Nobody knows who he is. Probably going to stay that way. We'll see. Uh, one more. Ron is in Nassau County. Yeah, Ron. Hi. All right, Ron. You can't mess around with the radio like that. Pamela in New Jersey. Yes, hello. Hi. Uh, two points. Uh, I said uh, you shouldn't use those words. Uh, when people say you swear too much to me, I say, what the bleep is it to you? Anyway, uh, also, do you remember the good old days when we had election day? 
and you found out who won by 10, 11 o'clock at night. Mm. Wow. They're too busy trying to dig up ballots. That's and those are my two words, uh, phrases of wisdom. For hey, today. Pamela, you sound very perky and upbeat. How? What's your secret? Uh, I love the summer, and I love getting things done. And uh, What do you mean by that, get getting out. things done? What do you mean by that? Well, the more you get things done, the closer you are to getting out of a blue state. <laughs> what do you mean by that? What, are you moving? Well, I was supposed to have moved a long time ago, and... Um, I'm the one who had the, uh, I had to stay to fight the battle because I was a cancel teacher. Oh, right. And then my mother got ill and then I saved a bunch of animals. So it's been, and then they started ripping the street apart and doing infrastructure and putting new meters in our houses and they wouldn't let me out. They said, if you go, we'll turn your gas off. So I had to stay for that. Then (laughs) it's like Al Pacino in The Godfather. Something just won't let me out of New Jersey. Well, that's Godfather Part 3, which I did not like. I watched it once, and I almost left in the middle of it. I know that line. It's from Godfather Part 3. Let's face it, that was the weakest of the movies. But, Pamela, we love your spirit. Many, many, many thanks. Oh, Black Lives Matter. Remember, they remain the scam that they were from the outset. And now they're getting busted on it. It looks like you know about all those houses they bought, right? Millions and millions of dollars in California and uh, Canada, actually. Six million dollars for a great big mansion. And now Patrice Calours, who is the prime mover behind Black Lives Matter, turns out she's been paying her brother. She's been paying her uncle. She's been paying herself hundreds of thousands of dollars in, oh, yes, the famous consultancy fees. Consultancy fees. A consultant. Cut nine, please. My life is in direct support to Black people, including my Black family members, uh, first and foremost. And uh, for so many Black folks who are able to invest um, in themselves and their community, they choose to invest in their family. And that's what I've chosen to do. Oh, gosh, busted. With Black Lives Matter money that you shook down from the entire world, right? What a fraud. And you hear how self-righteously, hey, do me a favor, never say the word community, all right? I mean, a community is great, but when they say it, when the left says it, it's just this this silly thing they're hiding behind, right? It just makes everything sound so righteous. The community, the community. One more time, cut nine. My life is in direct support to black people, including my black family members, uh, first and foremost. And... Uh, for so many black folks who are able to invest um, in themselves and their community, they choose to invest in their family. And that's what I've chosen to do. Mm. The community, the community. Nope, not buying it. One more art in Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah, Greg. Uh, yeah, something that's not being reported. Uh, I had to go in for some oral surgery uh, yesterday at a premier hospital in New York, and I was told to postpone because they didn't have enough injectable lidocaine anesthetics. And the doctor says that most of her suppliers uh, are running short of lidocaine, and it's going to be a uh, a rather uh, a, a rather uh, big problem okay going forward over the next few weeks and it's not being reported anywhere and she said her colleagues are having the same issue no i thought about that the other day it was uh 
Just thought that nobody ever talks about dentistry. You see health segments on the Today Show, on the Good Morning America show all the time. And it's always about flu, your back, COVID. But nobody ever talks about the oral health, dental health. They never talk about it on television. I know a really good dentist. I'm going to check it out with him. I didn't know anything about this. Uh, By the way, ever notice how painful it is when they actually inject the so-called anesthetic? Don't you ever notice that? I mean, they got to put a needle in your gums. That hurts. That hurts. Right, Art? The image in my mind was uh, pictures from 100 years ago where they were pulling out teeth without anesthetics. Uh, and that was the image in my mind when uh, when she told me that uh, there was a tremendous shortage of uh, lidocaine. Hey, where are you, man? These, are you on the side of the Bell Parkway? Where are you? I'm not far from the Bell Parkway. How did I know that? There's something about the, the sound of the vehicles as they go by you. Now, what is that? It's, what's going, what is by you? What What's that big sound? Oh, road construction, man. No, <laughs> it sounds like a like a wolf. Anyway, oh, that, no, no. All right, lidocaine. No. Uh, when you did you make an appointment to go back for your uh, whatever you're getting done? What are you getting uh, done? But uh, just some oral surgery. I had something in my gum that needed to, to be removed, like a cyst, and it had to be removed uh, surgically. Mm. And obviously, uh, the doctor didn't want to do it without uh, an anesthetic. And uh, right. call back and let's let's postpone the appointment and give me a call in about a week or two and see if I can get some, uh, some more of the light. Okay. All right. There's that sound again. All right. Well, look, uh, uh, good luck. And I'm going to check that out. That does make sense. We're short of everything else. Baby food, lidocaine, Novocaine, uh, the works. What else are we short of? Oh, well, I'm not really uh, I don't buy all that much in the way of stuff. But I do like to spend money on food and hotels, but I really want a new watch. And the watch I want, guess what? Ain't going to be in for two years. Two years, the guy told me. Good luck with that. I want it now. And somebody told me I should buy it used. I don't want to buy anything used. Is that, Am I the only one? It just doesn't. Uh... Hey, wait a second. Paul's in Rockland County. Republicans are trying to steal this election from Dr. Oz. Are you serious? What's happening? Well, Greg, I just posed the question. Um, would the Republican establishment try to get uh, McCormick over the hump there and maybe throw in some ballots there? Uh, can we trust our own uh, Republican establishment to have a fair count now? Uh, let me uh, think. Uh, the answer is no, quite frankly. I don't trust uh, I don't trust anybody, quite frankly, these days. Very, very few. And I could see all kinds of shenanigans. But we don't know anything yet. Let's hope for the best. But yeah, I heard somebody today saying, oh, you know, McCormick has got a great ground game. Like, what does that mean? Ground game. Ground game. I, 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 to me, that's code for something I don't know if I like. All right, Paul, I'll be watching for that very, very closely. One more. Somebody else has something to say about Pennsylvania. Sergeant Mike, what's your situation? Sergeant of what? Sergeant Major Mike, U.S. Army retired. Sergeant Major Mike. Yeah, Big difference, well, Commander. How you doing? Uh, well, easy there, uh, yes, Mike. It yes, says Commander. Sergeant in my screen here. Sorry. Well, and by the way, I mean, I don't go around calling myself Colonel Kelly. I could. But uh, anyway, congratulations. Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, no, real quick, uh, to refute that idiot that called in the last hour. First and foremost, the Trump endorsement is the most highly sought-after endorsement in the history of politics. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, let's tell you about fake news. And I'm a big fan of yours, of course. But uh, they had some fool on another radio station this morning that I'm not going to listen to after 
day anymore. He comes on. Now, Trump was 70 and 2 in endorsements. You can't get any better than that. If you're a football team, you're 72. Holy crap, you're going to the Hall of Fame. But that being said, the guy mentions he lost an endorsement in Idaho and, and, you know, down in North Carolina, the little congressman. Right? Didn't mention one word about the 70 he won. So that just tells you all you need to know about these fake news people and, you know, the power of Donald Trump. Hey, who was the guy? You can say it. Who said that? Some guy from political uh, 535 or something. It was on the morning show. Oh, it was uh, Nate Silver on WOR, right? Was it him? I I wish I could have wrote it down because I'm a, a, you know, I tweet once. Oh, I know who it was. It was Philip Klein. He's from the same thing. Does that name sound up, ring a bell? Klein? I think it's 535 political. I understand. They're all fake. I know I'm a big fan of uh, WABC, of course. All right. Listen to uh, Michael Rito every now and then. He's a big Trump guy. But uh, they always bring on these people. <laughs> they 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 just uh, they they do all, do all these hippies on Trump. I guess it's the hippies, Len Berman. But I just <laughs> yeah, Len Berman does lean a little bit left, and I know what you mean. They're always bringing on these people from the fake news, and they treat them like, "Oh, tell us more." And I'm like, "Are you serious?" Hey, Sergeant Major Mike, just teasing you there for a moment. I appreciate it very much. Great points, and I'll be looking for that. We're going to make that point tonight. You're right because the fake news they've been saying for. For all throughout this, that this is a big test for Donald Trump. This is a big, big test for Donald Trump. Well, now that he's passing the test and knocking it out of the park basically every single time, they don't want to write that story. They don't want to give him any credit. All right. I got to go for a moment. One more banana for me. We're in the home stretch. I urge you to check out the Newsmax show hosted by me at 7 o'clock this evening. Give me a moment. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The alleged shooter in Buffalo. What about the death penalty for this guy? I keep hearing on the news. He faces life in prison without the possibility of parole. Life in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, you kill one person, you get life in prison without the possibility of parole, right? Isn't that like what you kill one guy? <laughs> it just life. Is that, oh, are we supposed to be impressed by that? Uh, Donald, uh, I mean, why, why not bring him up on federal charges? Isn't that what we have the federal government for? Why not make a federal case out of it? Why not? Is that going to embarrass Kathy Hochul? She's pretty good at doing that herself. Oh, here's something. Kathy Hochul. We have this. Kathy Hochul. Hey, by the way, remember the uh, Frank James, the subway shooter? It's a good chance you don't because it was uh, covered up and downplayed by, well, by law enforcement, by Fake news by just about everybody, especially when they found out the alleged shooter was a black man who hates white people. Here's one small portion that we could kind of play. Half of it is bleeped out because so many curse words as he expresses his utter uh, hatred for people who don't look like him. Cut 27, please. You m- useless white whore. Dirty white, you want to look down at me? You. Hmm. I definitely look down on Frank James. Definitely look down on that guy. So he shoots up the subway car. <coughs> Excuse me. How many people did he hit? Ten, two dozen injured, all kinds of horrible mayhem he created, allegedly. And our authorities show up. And what are they going to do? <laughs> like, 
Well, what can they do? What can Governor Hochul do other than put on that silly jacket that says Governor Hochul and start saying stuff? Well, what do you say? She's got nothing to say. She's got no expertise. She knows nothing. So what does she do? What does she do? She reverts to who she is. An ordinary woman from upstate New York who might have a pool in the backyard. And she gets upset at the shooter as if this guy just jumped in her pool uninvited. Cut 28, please. We say no more. No more mass shootings. No more disrupting lives. No more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end. It ends now. <laughs> it ends now. And that was, uh, that was a month ago. It didn't end now, huh? Wow. I can't believe that 18-year-old heard that speech and didn't... Uh, Throw out his dossier and turn himself into the cops. Can you believe that? That a politician's words are totally ineffective and meaningless. Totally ineffective and meaningless. All of them. All right. It's 55. Uh, I get, oh, all the people who are holding on for 90 minutes hung up. Imagine that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But real quick, we got Dan from uh, wherever you are. Hi, Dan. Yeah, it's Rockland County, Greg. I love your show. Um, I don't like listening to any news stations, even talk radio, but yours is the exception because you crack me up and you're so articulate. But anyway, I don't understand why everybody has a hard time understanding that it's not Biden trying to destroy the country. Biden doesn't have his wits about him. Biden doesn't even know who he is or where he is. So how could he be running things, trying to destroy the country? Can I tell you who's running things? Who do you think? Well, on April 6th, go back to the videotapes, Obama had to come out of the shadows. He couldn't even hide himself for a year and a quarter. He came out of the shadows and everybody, and he called his, his vice president, Vice President Biden. And it was not, that was a Freudian slip. That was not intentional to be funny. He said it because he always viewed him as his subordinate. He still does because he is. Obama and his team, and I would say an even more extreme team, leftist team than even he had when he ran the White House for eight years, is running the White House. And I'll prove it to you. There's two things. If you look at the Colbert interview. Yeah, I know, I know. He said, I would love an arrangement where I stay in the, I stay in the scenes and control the guy out in front. And he gives Colbert a very weird smile. That's the giveaway, in my opinion. Did you notice that smile? Yes, and I have a better proof that you ready what it is what is the first thing that trump did when he got into the white house he undid every executive slash presidential order that obama did yeah that right yeah so what did and what did biden do on day one and day two yeah he undid all those same orders he undid trump's orders right uh, he undid trump's orders under whose directive under uh, yeah, you probably, probably. Look, he's definitely got his wits about him. Uh, the people in the White House definitely feel more loyalty to him than Joe. And Joe, I think, you know, he's so easily they can manipulate him. They can manipulate him because, you know, he's well, he's long past his prime. So, look, you're definitely onto something, pal. I, uh, I appreciate the call. And there's the music. I got to go across the street, get ready for the Newsmax show, which starts at seven o'clock tonight. And um I gave momentary consideration to going home because I'm feeling uh, 
a little headachey, but I think I'm okay. And, uh, yes, I'll see you tonight at 7 p.m. Many thanks, everybody. Thank you, Kevin, and the rest. I'll be back tomorrow, probably. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.